The content of this recording is copyrighted by Sandler Systems, LLC. All rights reserved. This is the Building Blocks of Success with Glenn Matson. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Building Blocks of Success. Today is Season 4, Episode 6. What we're going to be taking a look at is mentors. Mentorship is an integral part of leadership and personal growth. This is definitely not a casual interaction, and it's really a key element to leadership and deserves a fair amount of our attention. Let me share what I mean. When we look at leadership, sometimes we look at things like supervision, coaching, training, mentoring, right, sales development, among some other things. Yet, when we look at those five or six different roles with inside of leadership, there's only one based on authority. And, and that's supervision. The others are based on actually relationship. You know, training is imparting the awareness and knowledge. That's what training does. And, and coaching is really about are they applying that awareness and knowledge the right way in their real world environment? That, that's really what coaching is all about, right? You have strategic coaching, you have tactical coaching, you have mindset, et cetera. But still, Coaching is filling in the gaps of the day-to-day life of applying what they've learned through their training in the day-to-day lives. Then we have mentoring. Now, mentoring is a very, very interesting process. And it goes way beyond training and coaching. It's really understanding how someone thinks, how they approach challenges, why they react the way they do in certain circumstances. And it's a journey of shared perspectives in a journey of shared experiences. So let's take a look at really what a, a what I think is a, uh, a mentor and the process and, and, and how to be a good mentee. And so there's a couple of things that we can talk about when it comes to this process. So the first is when we look at a mentor and a mentee, there's really two parties that are involved in this. Obviously, there's a mentor who's the one that's actually giving the advice, and the mentee is the one who's actually uh, having the advice given to them. If we take a look at this, there's a couple of rules I just throw at you, and there's obviously more to this, but I want you to just be take a look at this for a sec. A mentor, to be considered a mentor, there's a few rules to this. The first rule is, is that the mentor has to be someone that is actually successful in the role in which they're in. So you don't want to have a mentor of someone who uh, hasn't hit plan in 17 years, right? Um, You don't want a mentor of someone who is constantly being written up. You don't want a mentor on someone who is not successful in their job, right? So they have to have the ability to be, in essence, a to-be model. And what I mean by a to-be model is they need to be whatever a winner is within their role. They need to be successful at what they do within their role. They also, the second thing is they have to be someone who utilizes the tools, the processes, and the systems the way they're supposed to be used. So it's really hard to have a mentor that doesn't buy into the CRM, doesn't follow the sales process for the firm, makes excuses on why things aren't getting done, right? That's not someone you want to take advice from. So it's it's having the ability to 
to be a to be model, to do the things that are expected of a person and they excel at what those things are. And they utilize the tools, the processes, the systems that they're supposed to. In essence, they're a model of excellence. And part of what they're going to be doing is sharing their experiences really on a socialization, which we're going to talk about, really seeing the curve of the road before the road shows you the curve. And as a mentee, you have to you have to have a few behaviors and beliefs inside your own mind. One is, is that you got to have learning agility. Learning agility is a desire to say that I am not awesome, right? I have areas for improvement. Learning agility is the curiosity that you need to have that, that doesn't make you defend what you're currently doing. It doesn't make you defend what you're doing and the results that you're getting, right? Someone who has the ability for learning agility is really their desire of saying, hey, I may be good, but I know there's better people out there. I know there's a better way to do this than maybe what I'm doing. I'm successful at what I do, but I know there's a better way. So learning agility is that you're curious and you have a sense of motivation to get outside your comfort zone, right? And so that's important piece, learning agility, get outside your comfort zone. And you're not going to defend what you currently do. The second one is criticism. So as a mentee, you have to understand that any advice, any feedback, any interaction that you're getting, in, in essence, is exactly that. It's interaction. It's advice. And if you look at the word criticism and you say, well, it's negative. They're telling me what I'm doing wrong. Um, they're never nice to me. Or why do you only bring out the things that aren't working or I should have done differently? And criticism is is really just information that are about things that you didn't do that you should have, or things that you you should have done that you didn't, maybe things that you should have said that you didn't say, or maybe things that you should not have said that you did say. So a lot of times criticism is something that people will say, look, I want feedback. Yet when you start giving them feedback, they defend everything that you're giving them feedback on. That's not a mentee, right? So a mentee is someone who is looking for feedback. They were looking for areas for improvement They're, and they don't have to sugarcoat it. And, and a good mentee is someone who, what I would say is right after the play, they would run over and say, okay, what could I have done better? And you know, their mindset is, is that I have to get outside my comfort zone and I have to have blind faith in sometimes what the mentor is telling me. Now, a good mentor-mentee relationship also has some components to it that I want to share with you. Now, of course, this is not all encompassing, but there's a few that I want to share. The first one I want you to write down in your notes or think about as if you want to have a relationship with somebody in your office and, and et cetera, it's, it's has to be mutually beneficial. And let me, let me explain what I mean. Because some people are like, dude, how is it benefiting a mentor to have a mentee do well? Well, it depends if you're on teams, depends if you're on certain areas, but you know, a lot of executives will be seen as how many people did you mentor? How many people did you actually help grow? Not because you were told to, because you wanted to. And that just shares and shows you a different type of leader. But mutually beneficial really means that your, your mentor gets as much excitement out of your success as you do. And you may say, how's that mutually beneficial? It is because many of them are, are reliving part of their experience and part of their lives through you. So the mutually beneficial is they do get excited when you win because in their mind, they helped you win. And it's a, an exciting juice for them. If you want to be a good mentor, 
a good mentor gets just as a good, just as much excitement uh, and joy out of someone else being their best version of themselves than just them. The second upon the second piece is for this is um, a mutual agreement. And what I mean by mutual agreement is is that is our purpose here to give advice. You don't have to take it. Is the mutual agreement that if I give you advice or we talk about it, you're going to take action? Is the mutual agreement that I'm not here to hurt you? So we got to make sure that we're both on the same page about the mere fact that it's two people trying to help one person become better in their professional career. Now, you may ask yourself, hey, what does it do for you? Now, some companies have mentorship programs, very structured. They get together on a monthly basis or quarterly basis. They have objectives. They have a scorecard. They have action plans, et cetera. I have found my best mentors, which I've had a fair amount in my professional career, were not ones that were formed by somebody else. Mine weren't just paired randomly together. They were genuine. We had respect for each other. There was a massive amount of trust. And there's a strong connection between the mentee and the mentor. I was lucky enough to have my brother, who's been very successful in this business, be a great mentor. But I also had someone who's been phenomenal throughout my career at different points. And he's a peer of mine, he's a colleague, Bill Bartlett. Now, Bill has guided me through lots of challenges, coaching me on strategic moves, helping me find my sea lugs underneath me, and from a coaching standpoint, entrepreneurial development. Yet, there's some important things about Bill and, and, and Dave too, but for right now, it's Bill. Is that Bill has successfully done what I was trying to do. He was someone who had wisdom and experience in the field. It was like a guiding light for me. And I want you to realize that there was a relationship there. And I knew that Bill, the advice he was giving me, things he was sharing with me, is what I needed to hear at that moment in time. I would also share with you that there was a heightened level of trust. If Bill suggested I would do something, or I should say something, or act in a certain way, I knew deep down inside that he would never ask me to do something, go in a direction, and I wouldn't even say ask me to, but right, we would have a conversation, it would become my own idea, is something that he believed with every ounce of his body I could do. He was helping me become my best version of myself. He was also making sure that I stayed away from the line man, the, the line landmines that were out there. He would help me understand strategy inside of large corporations. He would immensely help me with equal business stature. So when we look at this, right, you got to remember that as a mentor, it don't tell people what to do. That's a trainer. A mentor does not tell you what you need to hear, right? Or a lot of times I don't even tell you what you want to hear. What they share with you is what you're ready to hear at the time of where you are and what you need to hear the most. It doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable and it doesn't mean it's going to be nice. 
is their job is to give us the amount of information that we can handle at the right time so that we can make a difference in our projectorate, right? In terms of our projectory. And a mentor not only shares wisdom, but they open doors of opportunities that you may not have seen in your own. They give you key takeaways, how to invest your time, how to make sure you have better payoffs, balance in your life. So I wanted to make sure everyone realizes the importance of having a good, a good mentor. And I coach, work with, you know, well over 15,000 entrepreneurs and all stages of entrepreneurial development and at all levels of success, right? Some have a two or $3 million business. Some people have a hundred, 200, $300 million business. I mean, a huge sweet spot right around that 20 to $80 million. And when we look at this, most of those individuals will tell you if they were lucky, if they had somebody, and they will tell you how influential that person was as a mentor. And what starts to happen that's really exciting is that, and this is something I want, to, I want everyone listening in to hear. If you're a mentee and you're looking for someone for a little bit of mentorship, almost every entrepreneurial that I know that's self-made, that worked themselves hard to get to where they are, I don't know one of them that wouldn't share their journey or help someone else not make the same mistakes that they made in their journey. So I don't want anyone listening in to think that you can't go out and ask for a mentor and ask for help. Matter of fact, for many people who are the ones that can help you, it's called EBS, which is equal business stature. Many of them would walk over to themselves and where they are right now, right? Their 20-year-old version of themselves would walk over and say, hey, do you mind if I buy you a cup of coffee? I'd love to have some a conversation with you about how you got to where you are. And the mentor will look at the mentee and say, okay, do they have the same values as I do? And do they have the same work ethic as I do? And if the answer is yes, that relationship can really start to take hold pretty quick. Now, again, I was lucky enough to have two Bill helped me understand how to create a coaching practice, how to look at building my practice in a much different manner than I was doing it before. And I will tell you, there's times that he and I would go out and more times we'll be at our, our one of our annual meetings, right? We go see each other face to face and we go out for sushi and we'd have a conversation and I'd always go back into my room afterwards and sit down and literally think for two or three hours about what we just talked about, because I knew inside of what he was sharing, there was glimpses of gold. And part of it was my job is to figure out, in essence, what are some of the things he was mentioning or saying to do? See, we have to realize mentor is not, a good mentor does not talk a lot. A good mentor does not tell you a lot. A good mentor doesn't say you should or shouldn't do this. Those aren't, that's not what a mentor's job is more of a trainer. Mentors are the ones that will give you the availability by asking questions, will help you discover your uh-ohs. See, a great mentor will share things with you that you don't see, your blind spots. Like for instance, one of them said to me is, well, Glenn, let's just suppose this takes off and this happens. What's the build out of your, of your firm 
if you accomplish half of what you're trying to accomplish. And I was ready for it. I said, oh, and we're going to do this. We're going to hire this. We're going to take a look at this. And Bill, who's already been through that, asked two more questions. And I sat back and I said, I'm looking at this wrong, aren't I? And I was looking at how to build something for today versus what he was trying to share with me is if I build something for today, I'm going to have to change it tomorrow and then change it again tomorrow. So why wouldn't I want to build tomorrow just the version of it today? And as I started to think differently, what I thought could be and where I could be and where my practice could be changed a lot. So the power of a mentor is immense. And if you really take a look at mentorships and some of the areas that it can highlight, you know, like for instance, career advancement, right? Career advancement's huge for, for mentoring and mentors. Um, they'll tell you that 75% of all executives will turn around and give credit that um, having a mentor as part of their development really was one of the keys for their success. 75% will tell you that. Job satisfaction is another huge one, right? The Association for Talented uh, for, for Talent Development found that employees who actually receive mentoring were twice as satisfied in their career and more engaged at work. So career advancements, satisfaction. What about leadership development, right? 84% of every CEO will say, I've had a mentor and they were crucial to my development as a leader. So leadership development, another big one. How about entrepreneurial success? They, that, that five times more to likely start a business and be successful, although all those individuals that have mentors, right? Successful entrepreneurs. Now we talked about advancements and job satisfaction. What about employee retention? So, you know, corporate leadership alliance will tell you that those who receive mentoring are five times more often, five times uh, to, to continue and have higher retention rates. So we're talking about higher retention, better satisfaction, climbing up the ladder faster, being better at leadership development is all because of mentoring. Well, what about if we get into diversity inclusion, which is really, really big in, in a fair amount of places right now, is that if, if you just take a look at, for instance, from a gender standpoint, women who have mentors are more likely to ask for age, raises and they're more likely to actually move into leadership. And they are a lot more likely to move up the ladder of leadership with mentors. Now, if you look at, again, as we talked about satisfaction and development and retention, applied psychology will tell you that employees who receive mentoring uh, increase their job performance by 100%, right? 100% more than those that didn't have mentoring. So there's a lot of stuff that can happen because of mentoring, succession, next levels, uh, the financial impact, right? Skill, retention, it's through the roof. When you look at it, a couple of things that you may want to ask yourself, okay? If you're a mentor or mentee, let's do a couple of questions real quick. The first is, if it's you're looking at a mentor, do you trust them? Do you trust that they have their that they have your best interest at heart. Number two, are they respected and are they followed and the people who are your mentors, are they listened to? Do they have credibility? Next one, is it more about them telling you their history and them telling you how good they were or do they spend more time asking questions? When you look at a mentor, 
a mentor will do about 30% of the talking and they listen 70, 80% of the time because they're asking really, really good questions. The other piece about being a good mentor is you have to care. Let me tell you what I mean by that. To have a good relationship between a mentor and a mentee, you're going to have to share things with the mentee that they may not want to hear. And what I mean by that is, is that if you're going to share with somebody a concern or an issue that's really impacting somebody, then we're not looking for one-offs. Hey, you shouldn't have said that to that person, right? Okay, that's fine. That's okay. That's more of coachings. But what we're looking for is patterns. Patterns that create ripples. So for instance, if you have someone that you're mentoring and they just see everything from a selfish standpoint, they always put themselves first, yet they don't understand why they don't have team loyalty. Well, sometimes holding the mirror up to somebody so they can see reality is not a job that many people like. But as a mentor, sometimes the mentor's greatest strength is making sure the mentee sees what reality is, not the rosy glasses of what they believe reality is. And sometimes you may have your mentee will say, man, that's some pretty harsh conversations we're having right now. But if you love somebody, if you want them to be your best version, if you're looking really to help develop somebody, you don't work on the easy stuff. You work on the patterns of things that are the biggest rocks that are holding them back. Granted, you're going to work on some easy stuff so you get the wins, but do not forget about working on the big stuff. You guys have to be the right fit for you and your journey towards success. So are they devoted to you? Do they have the time for you? Will they give you the advice that you're looking for versus telling you? Just remember, if, I, if someone just tells you that's amazingly powerful for that moment in time, but if you don't understand the pattern, if you don't understand how to make the right decision next time, that means the next time the scenario happens, you're not going to really know how to pull the trigger because someone else told you last time what to do. But if you learned because of the environment, if you learn because of these scenarios, this is what I'm supposed to do, now that's repeatable. So when you look at your ability to have a mentorship relationship, I would say to all of you, uh, regardless of your age, regardless of your tenure, and really regardless of the position that you're in, go find somebody inside the organization that is higher up the food chain than you are. They uh, will have, you know, again, doing it politically, you may want to have the right people that make decisions about your future being those that are mentoring you. That's all fine. Sometimes having a mentor that's not even in your own division is great. Sometimes hiring a coach to help you in that is fantastic. But if you're a mentee and you're young, don't be uncomfortable. Do not be embarrassed. Realize that almost everyone that is successful worked or bought off to get there. And if they believe that you're going to work as hard and you're going to take the same risks, and you're looking for help, and they know what that journey would look like when they first got started, and even better if they had someone helping that was a mentor, they're much more apt to help. So when you look at it as a mentor, take it very seriously. 
and make sure you have a good upfront contract with your mentee about what are the rules of the road? What are you allowed or not allowed to do? How far can you push or not push? What are the areas you're going to talk about or not talk about? Uh, how do you want me to handle if you're pushing back at me and you're, you have a bravery issues and yet you think it's lack of competency and you're just afraid? So you have to have chats about what are kind of the rules of the road between both of you. I ask the people that ask me to be their mentor, how do you want me to handle something when I see it, yet you may not want to hear it? How do you want me to handle something that if I start bringing it up and you're defending it, that means you're not ready to hear it, but it's still having a negative impact. What do you want me to do if we have a conversation and you agree to some action items, yet you don't do them in between our calls? What are the things that are the ground rules? And of course, what are the things that you're trying to work on? I always find when mentor, mentees come to me, they say, I would like to work on these three things. Um, those are really never the real problem. And when if I ask someone who just calls us up and says, hey, can I have a conversation with like a peer or someone who's a little below us? Can I have a, a mentor relationship with you? They don't realize I'm putting a lot of time and energy and effort of mine into your success. And I get very excited when you become successful. I have one individual, Brandon. Uh, what a great, great, great person. He has goals. He's being coached. He has... He has hit his 2,027 goals this year in 23. He is moving faster than his plan calls for. He's accomplishing great things. He's knocking down everything that he should be doing just in a faster manner and at a very high success rate. So when he shared with me an email that was coming from his managing partner congratulating him on a, a new position within the firm, and showed all the accolades of the things that he's done in the last two years to earn it. He wanted to pass it on to me to say, hey, I'm very humble, but I wanted to share with you as being my coach, this is the outcome of the work that we've done. And you have to realize I'm on an airplane, uh, ran from a meeting, sat in traffic at the airport, uh, ba basically ran through the airport and barely made my plane. I'm sitting down, I'm exhausted, tired, the whole thing. And that's fine. Those are the choices I make. I'm not complaining. But when I read the email and then the text that he sent me, and I want everyone who's a mentee to hear this, it made my day to hear and read that Brandon got to this phase of his professional life based on a lot of the stuff that we were doing together. His success was mine not because I was part of it, is because I was helping this individual achieve their best version of themselves. So if you can find a mentor that has just as much excitement in your success as you do, they're invaluable. But remember, they have to fit that criteria. They must be a to-me model. They have to follow the process. They have to be very gifted in whatever you're asking and, and working on. They have to be truthful. They have to ask a lot more questions than telling. But as a mentee, you have to be ready to take the advice. You have to be ready to take the information that someone's giving you. And you have to take it with kid gloves. Treat it as if it's a real holiday present, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever. It is a gift. And if you take that gift with the right respect, they will keep giving. So look inside your agency, look inside your firm, look inside your place of work. And who is someone that is where you want to be. 
who is someone that you would consider yourself in X amount of years from now? Walk right up to that individual. If you know him, great. If you don't, introduce yourself. But there's nothing wrong with saying, I have a passion to be the best version of myself and how to be an excel within my role at work. I've noticed that you are a to-be model of what I'm trying to become. And if you're open to it, I would love to talk with you about you being a mentor and me being a mentee. Is that something that you would even contemplate? Is that something that you would pursue? Is that something that you would like to have a conversation about? I always found, again, those that are successful do not mind helping others that are willing to do the work to be successful because it, it, it gives them great joy. As a mentee, if you don't take it personal and you look for the advice, it's amazing what can happen. I've gotten advice on dealing with very large clients, very large opportunities, very large nightmares and fires that had to be put out, personnel issues, et cetera. And each time I was ready, my mentors were ready to give me advice. And when I wasn't ready, there was two of my mentors that wouldn't let the conversation go until I saw what they heard and saw what they saw. And that's a pretty powerful person because it's easier for them just to say, all right, he doesn't want to hear it. Yet my brother, David, in my mid thirties, um, I thought I had a trait that was making me successful, but that trait overexposed was becoming a, a weakness and I didn't see it. And I still remember he and I were you know, down in Cape Cod with our families and the kids were in the, in the water and he and I were just walking down towards the beach and he turned to me and he flat out said what the problem was. And I looked at the beach and I was ready to be defensive. And he said, you know, I know it's done you well, but do you think it's really having a positive or a negative impact on you currently? And I started to defend those feelings that I had. I started to defend what he was giving me advice on or bringing up as a pattern. And when he paused and said, hey, why don't we have a conversation that doesn't start with defending it? Let's just start with being curious and talking about it. And once I get past my defense, he was 100% right. And that took an immense amount of courage to come over and have a conversation with me. So he wasn't doing it for him. He was doing it because he saw and noticed that that pattern wasn't going to bode me well in one or two years. And he was strong enough to come over and confront it with me. That's a phenomenal mentor. So as I leave this podcast, I want you to realize the power that comes from mentors and mentees. I've had numerous extremely influential mentors and they've been with my journey the entire time. You know, obviously David is one of them. And as I mentioned before, Bill Bartlett has been very influential in my professional career. So when you're out there looking around and you're newer in the market, I highly suggest you find a mentor. Find someone who has become or has accomplished what you're looking to do, and they will help you socialize you there faster. When I was in my early 20s, my first manager, in essence, he was my boss, Mark. 
I remember Mark bringing me out and I had no idea what the hell he was doing. I honestly thought he was bringing me to play golf with his friends so he wouldn't feel guilty that he was playing golf. I take the only sales guy he has out with him and therefore he doesn't feel guilty. But what Mark was doing was a stroke of brilliance. He was socializing Glenn. I'm a country kid from Connecticut. Uh, money is different in Connecticut than it was in New York. The amount of money, the comfort of money, talking about it. So Mark would bring me to go play golf with his friends. I can remember 28, 29, 30 years old, right? 27 years old. And we're playing golf. And I remember Jeff, one of his friends, talking about, again, this is 30 some odd years ago, talking about how he just spent right, $123,000, $125,000 on redoing his kitchen. And I'm listening to him complain from one hole to another about the cabinets and the countertops. And, and, and there was nothing really wrong with the kitchen. It just had to have something done. And next thing you know, you do, do the counters. Next thing you know, you got to do the cabinets. So well, of course, you got to get a new, new floor. If you're going to do that, you might as well get some new appliances. Well, hell, if you're going to do that, you might as well just move around the kitchen. So all of a sudden, he was talking about his project, again, $140,000. And his friend right next to him was laughing because he just spent $80,000 in his walk-in closet. And I'm sitting there going, my first home isn't, isn't worth $140,000. They spent more money in their kitchen than I did in my house. And it wasn't about them gloating. It was about Mark sharing with me that the perception of money is conceptual, that I thought a lot of money was way different than how others think a lot of money is. And what I would choke on as a lot of money was things that they wouldn't even hesitate to write a check for. So I needed to expand my money tolerance. And without realizing it, Mark was doing a great job on increasing my money tolerance. He was also doing a great job showing me and sharing with me that these exceedingly wealthy, exceedingly successful entrepreneurs were no different than anyone I've ever met in my life. They still had the same type of kids. They still had dogs and cats. They still had husbands and wives. They still had people not doing what they should be. They still had people right putting their, their, their dishes in the sink, but not in the dishwasher. They had all the same issues everybody else had. They just had a bigger pocketbook. And that really started to help me increase my equal business stature because I started to realize deep down inside, they are no different besides the fact that they run big businesses and they have different levels of, of stress. And that really made me become very comfortable at 25, 26, 27, sitting down with people who are twice my age and making significant amount of money. And it also made me feel subconsciously comfortable talking and six, seven figures, um, where previously anything over $100 would, would get me nervous. It was a lot of money. So you're going to have mentors in your life. Find them. Go and get some. Uh, you're going to find some mentors aren't great mentors. And in some respects, honestly, you're going to learn lessons from them too on what not to be, right? But if you're younger, go find somebody. If you're more tenured, and you see someone who has what you were when you were younger, they have the same values, they say, and they have the same attitudes, they have the same work ethic. And nothing wrong with bringing that individual out and having a, a bite to eat and say, so tell me a little bit about what's going on in your life. Tell me a little bit about what you're struggling with. And if you are a mentor and you're looking for a mentee, 
a lot of times you don't want to ask questions in first or second person, right? You should be, let me tell you what I did. Right? Those are not the best place to, to start a relationship. You do everything in third person. You know, I don't know about you, but an awful lot of times when you're first getting into management, especially when the people you're managing are your peers, a lot of times your head will tell you what you should be doing, but your belly button tells you something different. Are you experiencing the same thing? And that's how a good mentor will ask questions. I ask it in a third person so you have more trust and affiliation to answer it honestly. So moving forward, I want you to take a building blocks of success is finding mentors. A building block of success is having mentors in your life. Building blocks of success is also being a mentor to others and having the capacity to share the journey that you've done. And you'll be happily surprised by helping others. You're going to be reliving some of the best things that you've did in your own personal and professional life. So as we move on, the next episode of Building Blocks of Success. Take a look at mentorship and find the power that comes from having a great mentor and the satisfaction that comes from being a great mentor. I'll talk with you soon. This is the Building Blocks of Success with Glenn Matson. 